Ed Peters, and I welcome you to What's New. We return today to Acts chapter 13. We are with Barnabas and Paul on their first missionary journey in Antioch, a city in the province of Pisidia. On the Sabbath, they went into the synagogue for the service. It was the custom that when visitors would come from the religious center in Jerusalem, they would be invited to say something. This gave Paul a marvelous opportunity to share the gospel with these people, and he certainly took advantage of it here. He begins his address by looking at the history of the nation of Israel, speaking about the anticipation and the preparation for the coming of the Messiah. This was our focus on our previous study. Now today we will move on to verses 26 through 37, the second part of his address, where he focuses on the rejection crucifixion, and resurrection of Jesus Christ the Messiah. Here are these verses, and Luke writes, Brothers, you sons of Abraham, and also all of you Gentiles here who reverence God, this salvation is for all of us. The Jews in Jerusalem and their leaders fulfilled prophecy by killing Jesus, for they didn't recognize him or realize that he is the one the prophets had written about, though they heard the prophet's words read every Sabbath. They found no just cause to execute him, but asked Pilate to have him killed anyway. When they had fulfilled all of the prophecies concerning his death, he was taken from the cross and placed in a tomb. But God brought him back to life again, and he was seen many times during the next few days by the men that had accompanied him to Jerusalem from Galilee. These men have constantly testified to this in public witness. And now Barnabas and I are here to bring you this good news that God's promise to our ancestors has come true in our own time, in that God brought Jesus back to life again. This is what the second psalm is talking about when it says concerning Jesus, Today I have honored you as my son. For God had promised to bring him back to life again, no more to die. This is stated in the scripture that says, I will do for you the wonderful thing that I promised David. In another psalm, he explained more fully, saying, God will not let his Holy One decay. This was not a reference to David, for after David had served his generation, According to the will of God, he died and was buried, and his body decayed. No, it was a reference to another, someone God brought back to life, whose body was not touched at all by the ravages of death. Troubles and trials often betray those on in their weary body to stray, but we shall walk beside the still waters with a good shepherd leading the way. Going up home to live in green pastures where we shall live and die nevermore. 
those who have strayed are sought by the master. He who once gave his life for the sheep, out on the mountain, still he is searching, bringing them in for ever to keep. Going up home to live in green pastures, where we shall live and. Nevermore, even the Lord will be in that number when we have reached that heavenly shore. We would not heed the voice of a stranger, for he would lead us on to despair. Our Savior, we shall all reach that country so fair. Going up home to live in green pastures, where we shall live and die nevermore. Even the Lord will be in that number when we. The core, the heart of the sermon, and of every sermon preached in the New Testament is the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That was the message that Simon Peter preached, and now it is the message that Paul preaches. Now here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. You're a visitor in a strange city, you attend a religious service, and the leader asks you to stand and give a speech. What would you say? Paul was in a strange city, a city called Pisidian Antioch. It was located in what is now south-central Turkey. On the first Sabbath after his arrival there, he attended a synagogue service, and the leader asked him to give the lecture. He did. He reviewed first some key events in Israel's history for the purpose of showing his audience that God had been in the process of giving a message of salvation to the world. He had been in the process of saving the world. God's acts in history are saving acts. All of these acts are preparatory acts in anticipation of his greatest act, the coming of himself to our planet in Jesus Christ. That was Paul's first point. I spoke about that yesterday. Paul's second point is that this Jesus wasn't received by the world, but was executed by man, but God raised him with new eternal life. Now imagine yourself sitting in that first century synagogue and listening to Paul as he says the following. Here's how Luke records Paul's words in Acts 13. Brothers, children of Abraham, and you God-fearing Gentiles. It is to us that this message of salvation has been sent. The people of Jerusalem and their rulers did not recognize Jesus. Yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. 
Though they found no proper ground for a death sentence, they asked Pilate to have him executed. When they had carried out all that was written about him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he was seen by those who had traveled with him from Galilee to Jerusalem. They are now his witnesses to our people. We tell you the good news. What God promised our fathers, he has fulfilled for us, their children, by raising up Jesus. As it is written in the second psalm, You are my son, today I have become your father. The fact that God raised him from the dead, never to decay, is stated in these words, I will give you the holy and sure blessings promised to David. So it is stated elsewhere, You will not let your holy one see decay. For when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his fathers, and his body decayed. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. I want to make a few observations here. First, Paul is reporting that the people of Jerusalem did not recognize Jesus when he came. In spite of the fact that the Hebrew Bible constantly predicted his coming, the Jews had not recognized him. They missed the Messiah when he came. They missed the message of the Bible. How was that possible? Perhaps they had been too preoccupied with the details, the minutiae of the law. They had missed the person. It is possible to study the Bible and miss the message and miss God. It happened then. History hasn't changed at all. It's still happening. I talked to a man this morning who studies and reads the Bible and many books relating to it, but he has missed the whole message. He has missed Jesus. He doesn't see him in its pages. That's what Paul is saying here. The Jews at Jerusalem were students of the Bible, but they couldn't find Jesus the Messiah in it. Many Jews and Gentiles are still reading the Bible and missing the person of Jesus Christ. Paul took the same Bible and preached Jesus to the people. All the prophets speak of him. He is in some way on virtually every page. Not only did they miss him, Paul says they killed him. Man wants God dead. It's irrational but true. Man wants his greatest benefactor dead. He kills the only doctor who can save him. Sin has done that to humans. Not only did sin keep man from recognizing Jesus, but it succeeded in getting man to kill him. Yet in condemning him, they fulfilled the words of the prophets. Man unwittingly fulfilled the prophecies that relate to the sufferings and the death of Jesus Christ the Messiah. One further point Paul makes here, which I want to just mention. Paul says to these Jews and God-fearing Gentiles that God raised Jesus from the dead and that his body didn't see decay and will never see decay. I take it that Jesus' body didn't begin to decay in the tomb. There was not a smell of death upon him. The second law of thermodynamics evidently didn't function on Jesus' body. He defeated death totally. These words may mean that, but more than that, 
These words mean that Christ was raised to a new life. A life that is different from ours now. A life that is fit for the dimension of eternity. All life on earth ends in death. But his is a life that will never end in death. His resurrection life was different than the life of Lazarus, for example, that he returned to. He later died. Not so Jesus. It is that kind of life that he gives to everyone who believes and trusts in him. That eternity kind of life is imparted to everyone at the moment they receive Jesus. Tremendous. Do you have his life? The Savior is waiting to New is a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 848, Chapter California, 93263, USA.